You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Revealing Retina, presented by the American Retina Foundation, the charitable arm of the ASRS, the American Society of Retina Specialists. I'm your host, Dr. Roy Levitt, Chairman of the American Retina Foundation, and joining me today is Dr. Jerry Bovino. Dr. Bovino was Professor of Ophthalmology at the Medical College of Ohio in Toledo. He wrote and edited the world's first book on macular surgery. He was past president and is a current board member of the American Society of Retina Specialists, and he is the 2007 recipient of the Zivanovich Award from the European Vitreoretinal Society. Today we're going to talk about physician retirement. It's one of those subjects that physicians often fantasize about but are reluctant to seriously think about or discuss with other doctors. Today we will have a discussion with a successful retinal specialist who has been also successful with his retirement, Dr. Gerald Bovino. Hi Roy, how are you this morning? Very well. Jerry, we'll start out this show by having you give us some of your thoughts about retirement, how you went about it, and why you feel you were successful at this endeavor. The first thing that I would issue a caution to to all physicians, they love what they do, and we do a beautiful thing by taking care of people in our profession, helping them restore their sight, but every physician has a way of helping patients. And if they like what they do and they still feel vibrant and are enjoying being in the office or the operating room, my first bit of advice is maybe retirement wouldn't be for you. And there's something to be said for continuing to work even if you're on a slower schedule and not going into a full-blown cold turkey retirement because many of us as physicians have a lot of our identity tied up in the doctor role. And not everybody is able to go from you know the doctor who's in charge of his office, helping patients in the operating room, et cetera, to a sort of more pedestrian kind of calm life. Did you have any reservations when you thought about retirement? Sure, of course. Every doctor does. We train all our life to do something that we love. And then from one minute to the next, you've sort of hung up your shingle and you've hung up your cleats in a sort of baseball metaphor. And now you're out of the medical limelight and assuming an entirely new role. And I don't know anybody who didn't think about that more than once before they did it. And what prompted you to retire? It was sort of a confluence of factors. Uh, My wife and I had some health issues. We were ready to try new experiences. We both loved the mountains and wanted to move to the mountains. And in many ways, I felt like I had accomplished what I wanted to in medicine. And like many physicians who have, you know, talents in different fields, I felt there were other things I could do. And what advanced plans did you make? Most of the doctors I know have, you know, 401ks and IRAs, and they'll be fine from a financial standpoint in retirement. But the key thing in my case was to plan to retire to something rather than from something. I think people, especially doctors who retire from medicine but have nothing in mind, will fail at retirement. You won't be happy playing golf 12 hours a day, no matter how much you like golf, or fly fishing, or doing any of the other things that you think you want more time to do. You actually have to plan for retirement with the same planning that you used when you planned to go to medical school. Now, did you have another passion to move right into, or did you just develop interests as you went along? You know, it's interesting because when I first went from being an actively practicing physician to a retiree, it took me about two weeks before I was bored. I went fishing, and I 
did a few activities. And in this case, I went skiing and I went hiking and biking and all those things were good. But I felt that after two weeks I had done that and I woke up in the morning and I said, well, what am I going to do now? Because I needed new challenges. I think a key thing in retirement to keep it something that's rewarding and fulfilling for a physician is to make new challenges for himself every day. Because in medicine, we have challenges in caring for patients. We have challenges in dealing with our office. And then suddenly, you're without any of those challenges. And I think those are the things that make the doctor spin. When you retired, obviously, you didn't stay in Toledo. No. We were in, in Ohio. And anybody who lives in Ohio, even though it's a great place and the people are wonderful, know that the winters are sort of gray and dreary. And we had a longing to go to the Rocky Mountains. Now, it's interesting because it brings up a fascinating point for discussion, Roy. Where should a doctor retire? And I guess my first question is, if you have all your family and friends in one place and you like that place, you need go no place else. But if you're in a place where you don't have family and friends or if you want a change of climate or of activity, I think it makes a lot of sense to consider some type of either city that gives you more stimulation or resort community. A resort community is nice because you have an instant group of friends who want to do things with you. In, in effect, using this sort of camp metaphor from when we were younger, you have instant play buddies. And it would be very hard for a lot of people to retire in their community and see everybody else continue to go to work and sit in the house by themselves. Once you moved there and you had your fill of skiing and fly fishing, how did you approach your other interests? Well, the first thing I did is I found myself fascinated by local politics. I never had a chance to engage in any kind of local politics. And I started to write letters to the editor in the newspaper, and I was offered a newspaper column, and I liked to write, and that gave me a perfect forum to present my ideas to the public and I had a lot of fun with that. Interestingly, I sort of became, after a year or two, so well-known here in Aspen that a lot of people joked with me that they wanted me to run for mayor. Of course, my wife would have nothing of that because she told me correctly that it's easier to be a dart than a dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So then after I had the newspaper column, I was invited on some local television shows and was approached by the station manager who said, you know, everybody likes you and they think your ideas are are valid and you seem to entertain the public with your commentaries, would you like to have your own television show? And I have no experience in the media or television or anything like that, but a lot of the skills that we have as physicians, Roy, are directly applicable to other lines of work. For instance, we're very good as physicians in asking patients questions and getting people to open up to us. And those same skills in this example were very helpful to me on my television show because I interview guests and try to attack and identify problems. And it's just like being a physician, but in a non-professional relationship. And how long have you been doing this? I've been doing my television show now for six years. Through the show, I've met all kinds of interesting people, especially in a town like Aspen where we have politicians and movie stars and just regular old local folks. And the premise of my show is that everybody has a story, certainly from our medical careers. We know that as we delve into the lives of our patients, that they have an incredibly complex story to tell. Every single person does. And in my show, I've learned something from the guests that have come on my show. And I feel like I'm doing a little service in the community. And in the process, interestingly, I 
was asked to serve on the board of our television show, and I wound up then wearing another hat as the president of the TV station because I had a little more knowledge about how to manage personnel and some of the financial issues that we faced. Sort of one thing led to the next. Jerry, I know that everybody has a figure in their heads of how much money we would need to retire. And as time goes on, this figure continues to increase. Do we really need as much as we think we need? Roy, it's a fascinating topic to analyze. My joke about financial security, for those in listening audience who are mountaineers, it's like the summit in mountaineering. It always seems to be over the next ridge. And so many people work and work all their life, and they never feel comfortable that they have enough for retirement. But I used to tell my patients that there's an old Chinese saying that it's a lucky man that has enough, but it's a wise man that knows it. In my judgment, most of the doctors that have worked hard through a professional career have sufficient funds to retire. And a lot of this depends on your lifestyle. You know, in retirement, sometimes people's expenses actually go down. They may not be traveling as much. They may be in a place where they enjoy staying. And the joke that you know amongst the docs in our peer group is that the idea of life is not to be the richest man in the graveyard. I believe most doctors who have been prudent in their financial decisions, put money in their retirement plans, will be the least of their troubles in retirement are going to be financial. I think the key thing will be their ability to sustain their interest and keep their mind vibrant and do all the things that they always wanted to do within the context of a non-medical identity. I think that's very good advice. One thing that I read in the Wall Street Journal a number of months ago had to do with the fact that a mistake that people make, not necessarily physicians, but people who retire, they move to a community and move into the biggest house on the block, or they will move into a community that is above their means, and it puts pressure on you. Clearly, you don't want to be worried through your entire retirement that your finances are going to disappoint you and fail you as you get on in age. So you sort of have to make a budget for what you can afford. But most of the things that the doctors that we know want to do can be easily done on this budget. One thing I'd like to get back to that we were talking about before, and that has to do with basically one thing leads to another. You have these interests opportunities present themselves, you try it out, you like it, you meet other people through that activity, and through them, other activities present themselves. Yeah, and the other thing that both you and I have gotten involved in are philanthropic activities like the American Retina Foundation. I know that you're involved in similar kinds of volunteer work in New York, and I've been involved here in Colorado in volunteer work. And that's another thing that doctors who tend to be you know, charitably inclined and wanting to help don't have a lot of time in their active practice to really volunteer and do things. And once you're retired, I've gotten quite a bit of satisfaction out of belonging to nonprofit groups and helping them in fundraising and in executing their mission. If there was one thing or maybe two things that you would tell somebody who's contemplating retirement to seriously think about, what would those be? The first would be to consider not retiring if you still love medicine, if your health is good, and if you don't easily identify a new activity for yourself. So consider not retiring. You don't have to retire. Don't forget, years ago, doctors worked until their 80s and 90s if they were fortunate to live that long and were productive and took good care of patients. The second would be that if you are going to retire, formulate a plan for yourself. Make sure that you 
have something that you're going to retire to that will be not only physically enjoyable, but will be mentally and emotionally rewarding. Jerry Bavino, I would like to thank you for speaking with us about retirement. And as your host, Dr. Roy Levitt, I'd like to thank you for listening to The Revealing Retina, presented by the American Retina Foundation. For more information, visit us online at AmericanRetina.org. We welcome your suggestions and comments about this or any other show. Please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at www.reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and our new podcast features will allow you access to our entire program library. Again, thanks for listening. This ReachMD program is featured on CIRMO, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.cermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O dot com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.